Welcome to the Dear Heart and the Brain podcast, where we discuss science and science-based tools in everyday life, particularly in neurobiology, exercise physiology, and the nutritional sciences. My name is Jessica Wong, and I am a neuroscience student at the University of Southern California. Today's episode is going to be all about the Smith machine, the butt wink, and the science of pain. As always, I just wanted to mention that this podcast is my effort to bring zero cost to consumer public education about science as it is unrelated to my goals as a personal trainer and as an undergraduate student. So let's talk about what the Smith machine is, right? The Smith machine, this is a bad boy. This is a common piece of fitness equipment that almost every commercial gym probably has. If you've seen those barbell systems where the bar is attached to this frame, that allows the rails to spot someone during an exercise, then you've probably seen a Smith machine. Not only is the barbell attached to the rail system, but it also has pegs for every couple of inches, on every couple of inches where you can lock the bar in place. So when you're squatting or when you're benching by yourself and you get stuck half set, you can lock the bar where you are and safely exit the machine. However, there seems to be this misconception about the Smith machine that I've heard for a number of years now, okay? And I wanted to address them in this episode. The Smith machine has a spotting function that makes lifting when you don't have a spotter so much safer. But having the bar attached to the rails limits the available natural range of motion. This is because most Smith machines only allow the bar to travel vertically, so it won't move forward, it won't move backward when you're and when you're doing the the exercise motion and this has a motion restriction so if you're not careful you could place additional stress to your joints the machine works in a way where your smaller stabilizing muscles don't really play a significant role like for example in the shoulder press with the smith machine Your rotator cuff in your shoulder isn't going to work as hard because the bar is already stabilized to the safety rail. Same concept with your entire anterior and posterior chain in your trunk during squats. Using a Smith machine and using a barbell display various differences starting with the bar path, with the foot placement, with the different kinematics, muscle activation, and natural adaptations. And let me give you an analogy, okay? When you squat in a Smith machine, the bar's motion is restricted along the rails of the vertical axis. And as long as you push the force up against the bar, it will go up and less balance work will be required by your stabilizer muscles. The same concept is the same when you're drawing a line on a piece of graph paper with a ruler. As long as you press the ruler against your pencil, then you will draw a straight line. Right? This is conversely seen with just squatting without the Smith machine on a free barbell. In a free barbell squat, the center of gravity of the system will always be over the feet in order to maintain balance of all forces which require a great activation of your muscle stabilizers. This is the same in the graph paper analogy where when I'm asking you to draw a straight line without the help of a ruler, you have to apply the force manually. I do see the value in the use of a Smith machine and people can still make significant fitness gains with it. 
And this is going to largely depend on your goals and your mastery of proper form. Just because a Smith machine can add unwanted stresses to your joints if you're not super careful. The Smith machine can be used for squats, calf raises, incline bench presses, regular bench presses, shoulder presses. There's so many more. And the benefits of this Smith machine is that you don't need a spotter. You can easily stabilize the bar, which is perfect for beginners, for those who are just learning, and allows you to safely perform many exercises in a safe starting position. It's a cool machine, honestly. And if you're looking to just do fitness and leanness goals and you're not super serious about powerlifting competing then the smith machine has its place for you second we're going to talk about the butt wink so a butt wink is a posterior tilt of your pelvis during the bottom of the squat where your lumbar of your spine which is the lowest part of your spine rounds and glow goes into a flexion search it up in a video if um i haven't i haven't given you a full imagery and this butt wink happens because of tight hamstrings, stability issues, mobility issues, and even structural issues such as morphological depth of the hip socket. Spine flexion, like what happens to the lumbar spine during the bottom half of a loaded squat, is generally seen as something to be avoided. But in reality, there isn't strong research to show that spinal flexion and pain and spine herniations have a correlation. However, as we do get stronger and better at performing the squat, the degree of the flexion can be reduced, but it's impossible to completely avoid this. If you haven't had any pain or issues squatting with a butt wink, don't change it. Don't fix something that doesn't have to be fixed. However, if you are experiencing pain in relation to butt winking, don't be discouraged. Try to move within a range of pain that you can tolerate or work with and exercise physiologist or personal trainer to help you work towards a goal of restoring full range of motion in your posterior pelvis tilt. On the topic of pain, let's talk about the third and final topic of this episode, right? Pain when overtraining, it causes our body parts to be in a unsafe and incorrect form which can be described as a distressing feeling caused by an intense or damaging stimuli. Our central nervous system is, is processed with a lot of this pain through nociceptors as a way to kind of motivate an individual to withdraw themselves from the damaging situation and to protect the damaged body part while it heals to avoid a similar situation when it is fragile in the future. Our body doesn't have pain receptors, but rather we have sensors that detect threat and will send it to the brain called nociceptors. Nociceptors are sensory neurons that respond to potentially harmful stimuli, such as mechanical stimuli, thermal stimuli, and chemical stimuli, which are found in a variety of the organs. When a sufficient amount of sensors are activated, electrical signals from the nerve to the spine and two, the brain will decide whether or not your body needs immediate protection by increasing the pain that you perceive. Yes, pain is induced as a protective mechanism by your body to avoid greater damage. However, nociceptors aren't the only way in which you experience pain. Psychological factors such as mood, pain beliefs, and memories can even trigger nociceptor signals and trigger even more pain. It's this vicious cycle where our brain wants to help us based on the signals it perceives, and it will increase the alertness towards this issue by increasing the pain to protect you. 
When our nerves are continually activated, the brain will conclude it as them needing to be more sensitive to protect the body from stress. Thus, it will amplify the size of the sensory experiences, which are commonly seen in chronic pain for at least three plus months. In times of chronic pain, we must educate ourselves on the perceived pain and its protective role to manage and overcome the issues that we may be facing through reaching out to professionals for help and managing stress or anxiety to reduce the power of this negative feedback loop so we don't get stuck with it. Well, that's all I have for you today in our episode and I wanted to mention that an important feature of this podcast is that we deep dive into many topics at a time. So by stopping here, I recognize that there are probably many more questions, but no worries. Just stay tuned for the next few episodes of this awesome podcast that gets released every Thursday and Sunday of the week. But other than that, I'm going to leave you with the same message I leave you in every single one of our Dear Heart in the Brain podcast episodes. Keep that brain sharp, keep that heart healthy, and go dominate. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your attention. And above all, thank you for your interest in science.